Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys starting the weekend with us. And we also appreciate our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to Strange Brew Coffee House. That's how you get the day going. You get the weekend going sometimes, you know, Saturday. You got a, you got a busy little Saturday. You're going to go to Home Depot. You might go to Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if you'll have time. But you got to make time for Strange Brew Coffee House. And look, Wherever you live, you can have Strange Brew Coffee. All you gotta do is get it shipped to your door at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. That includes the brand new and ever popular K cups that just continue to be a phenomenon of the highest order. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, one week from today, as you're as you're listening on a Friday morning, it will be opening day of Mississippi State baseball. Please do not walk into the gates of Duty Noble Field. A stunning facility to watch the reigning national champions wearing an old Mississippi State shirt. I thought you were about to say an old Miss shirt. Oh, for God's sakes, no. Why would I, you know, <laughs> it was, is Hunter going to be there? Is that what you're trying to tell me on opening day? <laughs> that guy. No. It's time for new gear. Go to two, the two locations of College Corner in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. It's, I know it's fake, right? I know it's fake spring right now. Like it's, it's like sixty mid sixties during the day, and it's nice, and we're starting to get to that time where the lights out a little longer, and you're like, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sold on that. But while we have it, the patio at Humble Taco is going to be the place to be. Beautiful weather and great food. Go out there, get a handcrafted margarita, or choose something off their incredible local craft beer list. And then you grab some chips and salsa, some chips and queso, and then you eat a couple of tacos, and man, that will set you right for the night. When you're in Starkville and you're looking for something different and something delicious, head over to Humble Taco. If you're looking for something easy, good for you, good tasting, Firehouse Subs is probably where you want to go to lunch today. they got locations all over the state, Starkville and Oxford, Tupelo and Columbus, Flowood and Madison, so there's one near you. And the Firehouse Subs app makes it so, so easy to place your order Pick it up quickly and pile up the reward points. So you're eating free sandwiches quicker than most. You know, and these days, hey, every dollar counts. So get a free sandwich on Firehouse Subs just by using their app anytime you can. All right, Robbie, we're going to start with some baseball today. We'll preview Mississippi State LSU a little later. We'll talk about State's uh, loss Thursday night at the Hump to Florida. Another t- tough loss for the Lady. For, it's not the Lady Bulldogs, the Bulldogs, but you know, another game where they were they were they were. Even more shorthanded than they were before, but we'll talk about that a little later. I don't know if you saw, it got tweeted out during the uh, the, the basketball game, but the SEC uh, preseason poll is out, and I guess this is the coaches poll. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, this is the coaches poll. Mississippi State predicted in a tie for second in the West 
with Ole Miss. Arkansas predicted to win the West. Hilariously enough, though, Ole Miss predicted to win the SEC. Which, I guess, is coming from the East side. Well, the East, you know, they split is split between Florida and 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 and, Van, and, and Vanderbilt. So it looks like you know you obviously got fourteen guys, right? Four coaches voted for Ole Miss, uh, three for Arkansas, two each. Vanderbilt, Florida, and Mississippi State, and then one first place vote in the conference for LSU. So here's what I'm thinking: this this means it it means that Ole Miss, for them to be predicted like that and and the order of finish, it's, it's just weird. Remember, if it was it a few years ago? I think it was 2015, the Jeremy Johnson year, where he obviously became a huge bust for Auburn. But but they were predicted to win the conference, but Alabama was predicted to win the West or something like that coming out of media days. Yeah, it's so weird how that how that works. Yeah, that so, whole process. State predicted second in the West. Uh, I think that's probably correct. I, I think Arkansas is probably they just have so much quality throughout their batting order. But they have – this is the truth of this. The top four teams in the West, Arkansas State, Ole Miss, LSU, they all have the same issue. None of them know who they're, they're – they, none of them have any set superstar frontline starters. All right? There is no Will Bednar for Mississippi State. There is no Doug Nikhazy for Ole Miss. There is no Wick Lander or Kevin Copps for Arkansas, and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh just giving you the rest of the finish, Alabama 5th, A&M 6th, Auburn 7th, and then over in the East. By the way, just so you can look at this, I don't know if you've seen this graphic. What kind of monster does this graphic and puts the East on the left? Why would you have the East on the left? Why not make it geographic? Well, this brought to you by the people who put Missouri in the East. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not geographic at all. It's just ridiculous. I mean, the West has Texas A&M, the East has Missouri. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Vandy, obviously, first. Florida, second. Georgia, third. Tennessee, fourth. I thought Tennessee might get a little more love, but they did lose a lot. South Carolina, fifth. Kentucky, sixth. And then Missouri, seventh. There's a great reply down the road here. Somebody says, do you guys just vote Missouri last in everything? I mean, yeah, kind of. That's, I, I mention that all the time. What are they adding to the conference? Nothing. TV, TVs and I mean, Everybody Louis. always talks about you get the St. Louis That's market all and all that, but the, is, the, is it worth that? No. They're doing nothing. They've yeah. they've been they provide nothing. They've been awful in baseball since mm-hmm. they've gotten here. Basketball was you know basketball was supposed to be their sport, and they they've been, awful, they've been awful in basketball. Yeah. Football they were competing for Big Twelve championships. They came here and competed for the SEC immediately, and since then they've sucked. Yeah, you know women's basketball they're okay. They they've been terrible at everything. Mm-hmm. Looking at the uh, the uh, I mean they're just awful. Looking at the preseason and six, first and second teams. Uh, two Bulldogs on the first team, Logan Tanner behind the plate. And Landon Sims, despite never starting a game in the SEC, is your first team preseason All-SEC pitcher, along with uh, Hunter Barco from Florida. Let's um, give you the rest of the team here real quick. Trey Morgan at first uh, from LSU. Robert Moore, great player from Arkansas, is at second. The uh, Arizona transfer, Jacob Berry at LSU, uh, is at third. Ole Miss Jacob Gonzalez at short. That's probably a, 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 a smart pick there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Cruz, Enrique Bradfield, and Judd Fabian are your uh, outfielders. Bradfield, probably the best defensive and the fastest guy in the conference. Fabian had 20 home runs a season ago. Uh, your DHs and utility players, Dominique Keegan from Vandy. Sims and Barco are your uh, your starters. Nick Maldonado from Vandy is your uh, relief pitcher. I can't. You can't argue too much. No, I thought all those were... Correct. Maldonado, how old is he? He's 48 years old. 
Man, he's he's been I there. I feel a, like he's been there for a feels while. Feels like he's been there a while. You know, you, when, when you get free college, you don't want to leave. Yeah, seven years of college down the drain. Uh, the preseason second team, a lot of rebels on this on the second team. Which I mean, they got a should talent. be. They brought back everybody. They got a lot of talent. Uh, catcher Hayden Dunhurst, first base Tim Elko. I th- I think healthy Tim Elko second is second team. Torn ACL Tim Elko first team. Yes, All American. <laughs> uh, Peyton Chatagnier. And his TikToks are in second base. Caden Wallace, another good player from Arkansas. Ryan Ritter at short. Not a player you hear a lot about, but he's a good player for the Kentucky Wildcats. Mm-hmm. The uh, the outfield, Jordan Beck and Drew Gilbert, both from Tennessee. And then Brady Slavens, another one of those Arkansas mashers. Uh, and Oh, four outfielders. They had a tie there, obviously. Uh, Kevin Graham from Ole Miss, yeah. who's another player. Another guy that's been there forever. Yeah. Luke Hancock is your DH for the second team. That's a very smart pick there. Jonathan Cannon from Georgia. What a great name for a pitcher. And Will Sanders, great name for a guy who sells meat. I don't know about a pitcher. but he's or chicken. From South Carolina, yes. And then Jaden Woods uh, from Georgia is your reliever there. So much talent. Talent is I so mean, good. Those two teams, if that was a real team, they would beat everybody in the country. They would yep. go undefeated. I mean, it's just that's just so much talent there. And, yeah. But it shows you just how unpredictable right now the SEC is. Mm-hmm. I mean... Ole Miss is picked to win the SEC, but by, like, one vote. Yeah. You know, Arkansas is returning a ton of talent. LSU is returning a ton of talent. They weren't they weren't great last year, but you got to think they're going to make a jump. Ole Miss is bringing back guys that have started for three or four years. Um, you know, almost their entire lineup is going to be three- or four-year starters mm-hmm. in this league. That is huge. Um, and, you know, Mississippi State's bringing back a ton of talent. Yeah. We just don't know what's going to happen. Florida's going to be really good. I feel like the champion's probably going to come out of the West. Mm-hmm. You would think. You would think. But, but at the same but time, I mean, they could Florida, beat each other up. That's right. Florida could come out of the East mm-hmm. because they're not playing that entire mm-hmm. gauntlet. The Mississippi State have play. State and Ole Miss. The and, Florida and State. No, that's not right. No, Ole Miss misses Florida. Ole Miss misses. Ole, Ole Miss has a pretty good schedule. That's part of the reason people are probably picking Ole Miss. No Florida, no Vanderbilt on their schedule. Yeah, and I think they don't have Georgia either. Yeah, they have a pretty. They they, they got schedules it, they, pretty. They got pretty it pretty easy, easy in the east. from the east. Yeah, obviously the west is a is a gauntlet. And that's the key if you're if you're wanting to to win a, a SEC championship so, is getting that draw. So then and Richards, Rich, I'll give you Richards' number. I don't know if you heard it. How many wins to win the West? 21 or 22. See, he said he thought it could be 18, and I'm just like, uh-uh. I, I can't see that. So, somebody is going to be – somebody's going to – either Arkansas somebody's State or Ole Miss, wins. they're going to get 20 to 21 wins. And what's funny about this is you could very easily finish fourth in the West and still be one of the top 16 seats. Oh, yeah. I mean, just yeah. very easily. And it's it's, it's Well, State possible. last year finished – Second or third? Were they third? They were second in the West, third overall. Okay. But I'm about fourth in the West, I mean, and be a, a 16th seed. I mean, most years state that State is going to the College World Series, they finished second, third, second or third or fourth in the in the uh, division. I think you have potentially – you might have four of the top eight in the SEC. You know, I think yeah. for sure Vanderbilt's going to be there. Whoever the West champion is is going to be there, and then the next two teams could be there. As well, I don't know about Florida. Florida could be a top sixteen seed. Whoever has the, whoever has the most consistent pitching out of this group mm-hmm. is going to win the mm-hmm. West. Yeah, but everybody's going to be good offensively. That's competing. 
Ole Miss is going to be great. LSU, State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt should be solid. Mm-hmm. Florida should be okay. Whoever is pitching the best out of that group, the most consistent, those that's going to be the team that wins. You have um, to pick a guy from the first team. Who's going to be the SEC player of the year? Um, I should put me on the spot because I don't have it in front of me. But so I'll, I'll read them off again. Logan Tanner. Trey Morgan, Robert Moore, Jacob Berry, Jacob Gonzalez, Dylan Cruz, Enrique Bradfield, Judd Fabian, Dominic Keegan. I'm going to say it's going to be either Bob Moore or um, Dylan Cruz. I like those. I think it's going to be Enrique Bradfield. Because he does. Maybe, well, I just – I don't know if he's going to – you know, he he's really good when he gets on the bases. He's really good at getting on base. Mm-hmm. but Steals a ton of bases. He's going to hit it's, for a high average. I must. This is his sophomore year, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, this could be this could be a, a year where he goes down average wise because okay. people are going to figure out how to pitch to him a little we'll better. He guy, wasn't great late in the season. The guy to watch, by the way, is Jacob Berry because he hit a ton of home runs at Arizona. Yeah, and, and, and he's going to hit. He's going to launch yeah. him out of that. Alex, Alex box, box a little bit more of a crackerjack box than than that. I mean, we all. I know we all watched the Super Regional last year. That place is not a launching pad out there in Tucson. You got to hit the ball to hit it out there, and so for him to hit, I think he hit 17 last year in at Arizona. I mean, he's probably going to hit it around. That's the other thing here is there's going to be there's going to be a lot of guys between 18 and 25 home runs. Oh yeah, it's going to be nuts. The numbers being put up, LSU's going to put up some monster mm-hmm. offensive numbers. Yeah, I mean they got um, three first teamers. Listen, Duty Nobles kind of becoming a launching pad a little bit. It's really crazy in that, you know, John Cohen would be the first to tell you that when he was the coach before they made all these changes, it was definitely a pitcher's park. Yeah. It was definitely a pitcher's park. And now they built that stadium and it's just like the something is some changed. kind of wind tunnel or something. And yeah, and, and now you're seeing a lot more balls get out. I mean state had what five guys in double digits last year with home runs and I think they have an easy chance to duplicate that this year. We had a listener to Sports Talk Mississippi said uh Callum Clark for twenty plus bombs this year. He's he's got to pick it up because summer, fall, and spring he has not hit the ball well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'll adjust, but so far he's not seeing it as well as he was at a certain point last season. But man, I tell you what, when he makes contact with it, it is absolutely crushed. Mm-hmm. I there hasn't been many people in the last decade that I've seen hit the ball as hard as he does. Um, you know, Jordan Westberg used to absolutely crush the ball, and a lot of those were ground balls. But it's just every swing is just a power swing from him. It looks like he's up there sw- swinging with a twig. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the numbers are going to go up for Mississippi State this year um, home run-wise. I think you're going to see um, uh, some big big numbers. And I don't, I don't think people are talking about State's offense as much – as they are LSU and and Ole Miss and Arkansas, but I, th- I think that offense has a chance to be pretty good. But I think of the, when they talk about pitching, they come to Landon Sims first. Yes, so and, and you that. have to. Yeah. I mean, you have to talk about the what he did last year. I mean, if you take away that meaningless game against Tennessee in the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. his numbers are just sick. They're sick even with that. I mean, you can you look at them on the surface of what they were. 
without the five runs or whatever he gave up in garbage time against mm-hmm. Tennessee, and they were one of the best seasons ever by a Mississippi State reliever, it would have been the best if you take that away. I mean, he would have had like a a, a .5 earn run average. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that's thrown 20-plus games. That's that's pretty special when you consider some of the guys that have come through, like Jonathan Holder and guys like that. Yeah. 25 appearances, 56.1 innings. He gave up nine earned runs. And like you said... I think five of them were against Tennessee. And that was like two-thirds of an inning. Like, So you're so, talking about four earned runs in 52 innings pitched. Yeah. If, if, if you take that away. Take that away. No, no, in fifty in fifty five innings pitched. Oh, you said fifty six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, fifty five innings, four unearned runs. Yeah. I mean, it's just I mean, insane. And, and, insane. and when he came into the ball game for a closing situation, mm-hmm. it was game, over. The game was over. He didn't have a single blown save. Correct. I don't think all year. He didn't. He didn't. Now this is a totally different animal, but this is a guy. The reason I think this is going to be different than some other guys that have experienced this is he's been in this position before he's been a starter before it's not like he came in and he's been a closer his entire life yeah he he is he knows what it takes mm-hmm. to be a, to have that starter mentality and you're gonna have to take a little gas off a little bit you you, you can't come in hot like you usually right. do as a closer you've got to be a little more uh calm and collective out there but i think he's going to be able to handle that and it, it might be a thing where you know game one he throws four or five innings um Maybe four innings. Well, I mean, I don't expect start. anybody. I think it's going to be like last year. Yeah, you know, they're going to they're going to manage that pitching staff, right? And the other thing, when we talked to him the other day, you could tell, like, from a mentality standpoint, he he understands the the task in front of him. He talked about throwing his change up. He talked about you know how much he's been doing it lately, just trying to make sure he's got the mechanics down pat, so that when he goes out there for that first game, he's not thinking about it. You know, he's just throwing. And so you know, talking to him, you you could sense that he was really at ease with what's going on around him, and he, I think he's ready. I think he's ready to, to take that role and go with it. And he could have – I mean, he's – the talent is there to have one of the best pitching seasons in Mississippi State history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's saying something when you consider Mississippi State history. And then, like you talked about the other day, if the reports we're getting out of fall camp – or fall camp, spring camp – are correct about Andrew Walling and what he's going to be able to do, State's going to be tough to beat. Everybody's tough to beat. A lot, I mean, you see it right here. Three first-teamers for – for LSU, you see Ole Miss with, what, five guys on the first and second teams. State, you know that lineup as well. Arkansas, you know those guys can mash. But somebody's got to be the best in that group, and Mississippi State can be that team. I still think pitching, is that's going to be the great equalizer in the West. The team that's doing it the best, the most consistently, because you're going to have your slumps offensively. There's... You're not. I mean, look at Arkansas last year. They were really good offensively, but they're in that last uh, that super regional against North Carolina State. They went cold. The difference is going to be who pitches at the best at the end of the year. And you know, all year last year, people were asking why are that? Why won't they use Landon Sims more? Mm-hmm. Why is he not being utilized more on a weekend? Well, we found out why they did that. the The way they managed the pitching staff last year was probably the reason they won the national championship Mm -hmm. that and defense i thought pitching and defense was the difference which i'm pretty sure if you ask every coach in america what wins games in baseball he would say pitching it is it still matters Mm -hmm. i know it's popular now to have these big um high scoring offenses 
but it still matters to pitch it well and to defend it well. That is going to be a, a theme in baseball until the end of time. The teams that, that pitch it really well and defend really well and they play the, they make the routine plays, those are the ones that usually win. And and offense is, is a big part of things, obviously. you got to score runs, but it, it's just the teams that, that, that usually pitch it the best are the ones that usually win. I think there's so many question marks across the league, but I feel like State has one of the fewer question marks um, in their pitching staff um, than other teams. That there's yeah. you have enough people there that you feel like they're going to figure it out some somewhere. I don't know what Arkansas is going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know Arkansas, Ole Miss, and LSU is going to have some talent, mm-hmm. but we don't know what they're going to look like on the mound. They, right. I mean, there was some major questions for them last year outside of a couple of pitchers. Really. Ole Miss is the only one who has a guy where I can pencil him in, right? Derek Diamond. Yeah. And I don't know who Arkansas's Friday night's guy is going to be. I don't know who LSU's Friday night guy is going to be. So, I don't know who Vanderbilt's Friday night guy is. Gonna I mean, be. that's the thing. I mean, last year LSU had a pretty good Friday night guy, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. And, he, so, and then he got hurt, and that was that. There was there was not many guys on that staff that you said you know you looked at him and said yeah they're, he's going to be really good next year. Yeah. So they're going to have to make a major jump. The, the athletics, as you know, man, has been a cluster since the pandemic started. Yes. But one thing it has given us is this this last season and this season, two of the best college baseball seasons because, because there's just so much talent mm-hmm. on every team in the SEC. So this is going to be a fantastic season. Uh, can't wait to get started. It starts one week from today. One thing I'm really happy about is Luke Hancock got – Yeah, he deserves some recognition. I mean, nobody's talking about that guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad somebody finally put him on a preseason list. Yeah, I agree with that. Don't forget, uh, next Thursday, or a week from yesterday, Sports Talk Mississippi will be live at Duty Noble Field. Uh, we'll be broadcasting live from the home of the national champions, and uh, looking forward to that. Please don't miss that uh, that broadcast. It should be a lot of fun. You can always, Don't forget to go to supertalk.fm and you watch the, click the, uh, the watch live, and you can see us there uh, with a tremendous backdrop of the best college baseball stadium in the country. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at, at uh, the Mississippi Beef Council. I want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. I like beef. I don't know what else I can tell you. I like <laughs> steaks. I like burgers. I like roast. I like brisket. I like tri-tip. I like picanha. I like beef kebabs. Uh, just nothing, you say you're cooking beef, Brian Haydad will say, let's go. So, when you're looking to put something on, on the table for your family, when you're looking for a great, uh, great dinner, or great lunch, beef is always a great choice. Put it in the grocery cart today. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. We enjoy seeing you guys when you tweet at us and let us know, hey, I went to Two Brothers and it was just fantastic. Please continue to do so. Anytime you go to Two Brothers, you want to tag me and Robbie in it, please do so. We'd love to see it. And you're going to love to see it because the food's great, the people are great, the atmosphere is great. It's just a, it's just an all-around fantastic experience every time you walk in the door at Two Brothers Smoked Meats over there in the heart of the Cotton District. Here's an easy system for you to remember. Great products, great service. I know every business says they offer those things, but none of them do it like Advantage Business Systems. None of them have the same comprehensive list of products that your business needs from copiers and printers, from information and mailing systems, computers and software. Nobody else has the the kind of products they have, and nobody else offers you the kind of service that Advantage Business Systems does. Everybody else gives you a 1-800 number and maybe 7 to 10 business days. Advantage Business Systems gives you a 601 number, and they're, they're coming to see you, if not tomorrow, then probably today. So 
If you're looking for easy solutions to your business problems, we've got the answer for you. Call 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. This feels like the part of the show where it's like, do we have to? But <laughs> Mississippi State LSU this weekend uh, down there in the uh, the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, the PMAC, the Def Dome, whatever you want to call it. LSU's an interesting team. Obviously, they started off really, really hot. Uh, they have gotten really, really cold. Uh, they did get a win this past uh, Tuesday against Texas A&M between two teams that basically were struggling and somebody had to come out on top, and it was LSU. That said, it remains a quad one opportunity for Mississippi State. The Tigers are 16th in the net, so if State can go down there and get a road win, that will be a huge uh, win for them. By the way, I did not realize that Auburn dropped all the way down to nine, losing that game to Arkansas. That was surprising. In the net? Yeah. or the? Oh, I thought you meant like for no, no, no. AP. Well, that, that poll wouldn't have come out yet. Well, what week. are they? What's what's Arkansas in the net right now? I thought they moved up into the like thirty. Arkansas is thirty-one. It doesn't not, seem like you should drop like, them that drop that much. But anyway, LSU, like I said, sixteen, and then State's opponent on uh, next week on Wednesday is Alabama, and they're they're twenty-two. So two quad one opportunities. I mean, that's what's crazy. I mean, we keep we keep, we keep throwing dirt on this team. State has had so far four. They, when we go back to that game, the Ole Miss game, they had the next seven-game stretch. Six quad one opportunities. They're 0-4 thus far. They beat Alabama. Yeah. And if they could it. have split them, they would be in the NCAA tournament yes. right now. You beat, you went, you win at Florida, mm-hmm. and then you – what's another game that was well, they could there have, for the taking? Tennessee. Night. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to say Arkansas, even though no. you had a chance in that game. It's tough to win on the road. Kentucky, you had a chance. Yeah. I mean – I would but that's say, the, that is what's happened forever. I mean, yeah. I feel like we just keep hammering this in the ground. I mean, what it, else can it, we say? It does feel like, I mean, I know you weren't on the show this time last year, but it does feel like we're having the same shows from this year, from last year, from two years ago. You know, You've talked about it all the way back with Bob. With Bob, I mean, the, the program was still going upwards for the most part. They until, were kind of building. Yeah. And then, the, the, the I guess, the second year of Thunder and Lightning would have been... The I oh know in the first year the eighteen nineteen was when they went to the NCAA tournament, and then since then it's just it's taken a, a downhill turn, and so here we are now we're getting some you know real traction on message boards as far as hot list and things like that. You know, a lot of rumors are starting to fly about about this team possibly playing not not taking an NIT invitation, things of that nature. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine. Anybody being excited about an NIT? You just think attendance is bad. But were you at the, the UMass game? Did you go? To yes, game? something like that. That uh, that was really surreal because, you know, since then we've seen some seen, seen some crowds like mm-hmm. that. But at the time, I had never experienced a Mississippi State basketball game mm-hmm. with a crowd like that. Nobody that wanted to go to that game. No, it's one of the best B and B shows of all time. Yeah, I was I was at that game with about. A thousand people, a thousand of your best friends, yeah. And you knew, you knew it was that over. that was it. Yeah, you're about to see the end of an era. Like, I, I would love to go back. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. The starting lineup for MSU in that game probably never played another game for MSU. Sydney would have started, Moultrie, D. Boss, Roddy Hood, and I'm gonna guess Brian Bryant was the other one who was a senior. Yeah. So nobody ever that whole lineup gone. It's like well, the, the only people they returned was like Jalen Steele yeah. and. It's sort of like the final, the final Four team, only different. 
Yeah. You know, if I'm saying, but Way Final Four team, Bullard, Wilson, uh, Walters, Dampier. Jones, and Dampier never played another game either. Yep. You know, for all for different reasons. So LSU is a team, you know, averaging 73 a game, giving up 61. So they're a good defensive team. They have five players who are basically in double figures. Four of them are actually in double figures. And then Xavier Pinson uh, averages uh, right at 9.8 points per game. Uh, out-rebounding their opponents by about four per game. Is, is Xavier Pinson back? I hadn't watched them the last couple games. I, I, I See, you did something right there. You, you knew I don't know the answer to that. But now you're going to make me look it up. And I know, folks, we, we should be we should be prepared. But I, I wasn't expecting to to talk about um, Xavier Pinson. So he played, yeah, he played uh, 16 minutes against Ole Miss last Tuesday, two, two Tuesdays ago, and then played and 25 lost. minutes. They did. And played 25 minutes in the win over Texas A&M. Had 11 points, uh, four rebounds, and a couple of assists. And so and see, that he's going to make them better. He's going to make them better. Let's just play long story short here, Robbie. State's not going to win this game. I, I'm not going to predict State to win this game. Uh, I think that we're about to see LSU get back on track. Feels like and it. just you, You've played them at the exact wrong time. It's kind of like Arkansas. Like You played Arkansas when they have gotten back on track and they're, they were playing at their best. And I, th- I feel like LSU I – I have a feeling LSU is about to turn it back around and this is the worst time to play them. But, yeah. That's where we are. That's where we are with this basketball team. Yeah, I'm not predicting a win in this game. And and State has State's not had a good time in Baton Rouge But I feel like it'll be time. what we've seen. I think State will – I think LSU will get out to a fast start. State will climb back into the game. It'll be close in the closing minutes. And State will find a way to lose. Yes. I mean, that's the script right now. And so until I see a different script – I'll see a different show. That's how I'm going to predict it. Give me a score. LSU 73-64. 73 to, to 68. There you go. Something like that. Pretty simple. LSU scores like the last six points. Yeah. Tie game with a minute and a half to go, and then LSU yeah. gets a couple buckets, and that's it. Um, Remember a couple years ago when they hit when they just threw up that prayer at the buzzer mm-hmm. and hit it in B-State? Like, yeah. Was that Nas Reed? I think it was. I don't think it was. I don't think it was him. It was a guard. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're gonna make me look it up. It was somebody that Will Wade probably made a strong offer for. No doubt about that. Okay. But I was just like, uh, I mean, what what are you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it was just. I I can count on my hand the amount of times I've watched State beat LSU at their their place. I think it was Nas Reed. I don't think it was. I thought it was a guard because he had he had a monster game in that. I don't know if you remember that he had uh, twenty nine points in that game. Scored with a minute left in overtime, and then on their next possession, hit a three pointer at the end of the shot clock to give LSU a four point lead. No, 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 no. Th- that was at State, wasn't it? Yeah, this was at LSU. This was a game-winning buzzer oh, oh, okay. three-point yes, shot. Yes, okay, I do remember that now. God. Yeah, this is what we're talking about with LSU. Yeah, no, I I was at that LSU game at, at State. That game went. That game went to overtime. Skylar Mays. Skylar Mays. Yep. yep. It did not go to overtime. State took the lead. Uh, I, I was talking about that one at State. Oh, that's the one at State. Yes, did go into overtime because that that was that was the one where I looked down and one of the LSU assistant coaches was. 
was like looking at the crowd and like doing like telling the crowd to get up and stuff mm-hmm. like talking trash yeah some bald-headed assistant coach down there it was andy kennedy <laughs> and i was just like are you really talking trash Future to the crowd State dude? coach andy kennedy oh winston county stand up the press conferences will be fun we'll see about the rest all right you see that light up there that's the sun <laughs> you left a word out but we can't <laughs> say it here on the air my mother's uh, listening i know you were at the hump uh, Thursday night, Mississippi State, Florida, women again shorthanded. It, it feels like I can't, they can't get any more shorthanded, but they were Thursday yeah. night. I, you know, I was told pregame, Raven Farley's out, backup center, and I'm just like, it, it, can they just get one break? They can't. They can't. I videoed them coming out of the locker room for, for pregame, pregame warm-ups. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to do, like, you know, five on five thing, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. They had seven players mm-hmm. trot out there. They have seven players available that can actually play. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just. What was fun, what I, funny? What funny is not the right word, but your tweet about who's on the bench. Yes. Like, if you could get everybody who's on the bench into the game, talking about players who are not eligible to play. You have you got something. You got a team that's probably an NCAA tournament team easily. Oh, but unfortunately, man, they're just they're just sitting on the bench because they they're they're ineligible or, or whatever. If you have if you have Jessica Carter on this team, they have four four more wins, maybe more. Yeah, they beat Troy. Yeah, they beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. They beat Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, that's three more wins. They might beat Arkansas because I don't think Arkansas would have been able to handle her in the post. Yeah. So uh, that's that's at least four wins right there. I think I think you probably beat you might beat Michigan. That's a top twenty five win. That's five wins right there. You're sitting at nineteen and I mean you're in five or whatever right you're now. Talking about like a you're seven top seed. you're top fifteen team. Yeah, I mean that that's the difference in Mississippi State being a top fifteen team right now mm-hmm. with what they have and being in the situation that they're in and. It's crazy to look at Mississippi State's women and men. They both have the same record. There couldn't be a more different outlook and thought of these two teams within this fan base. Yeah. You know, this team walked off the court on Thursday night to a standing ovation. They yeah. just lost. They lost by nine points to the number 19 team in the country. The men lost by nine points to the number 19 team in the country last night, mm-hmm. and the fan base is calling for the head coach's firing. Well, I mean, firing. the fan base had already left the building. When yeah, that game ended, so. it's just uh, you know, th- this game was just Mississippi State running out of gas. Yeah, they played as hard as they could. They did not have a great shooting night, which is something that they've done well in the last three games. They've shot over fifty percent the last three games. They've shot over fifty percent from three point range the last three games. In this game, they shot thirty three percent from three. They shot thirty nine from the field, and they were eleven for twenty from the free throw line. So, I mean, that was really. That was really the difference, but they were still in the ball game. They played hard. Florida just kind of they they got in a fast break every time the ball came off the rim, got the ball down the court, and that was really how they were able to maintain that lead or stay in the ball game. And I think by the end of the game and the end of the fourth quarter, State just didn't have the legs. Yeah, and I, Novak didn't want to use that as an excuse, mm-hmm. but I'll go ahead and use it for him. Yeah, and that that's Florida doing that. So smart coaching. And that was genius coaching because you so you look at the bench and you say, well, they got seven players and one of them's 
six five and you know Buster Hart, Charlotte Cole can't run like yeah. like they can yeah. at the guard position. So State once again had a hand tied behind their back. Here's the difference between these two teams. And you tweeted here, uh, Jaquela Jordan holding the phone, back-to-back threes, cuts an 11-point lead to five with 3.29 left. At that moment, I thought State was going to win. Yeah. And then Wednesday night, I never thought State was going to win. Yeah. So that's the difference between the two teams right now. Uh, Big game for the women Sunday against Ole Miss. They would love to get revenge on the Rebels. They would love to sort of reestablish a little in-state dominance uh, against a, a really good Ole Miss team, if they can get that win, that's going to go. That's to be a signature win for yeah. Doug Novak going into the uh, the NCAA tournament. I mean, the bad thing about it is this is probably the the second worst matchup for Mississippi State in SEC play. Yeah, South Carolina is number one, and this is probably number Shakira two. Here, Austin, yeah. you have you have uh, some quick, some fast, gritty guards for um, Ole Miss that really get after you on defense, they'll pressure Mississippi State and try to get turnovers, which is what Florida did tonight as as well. Um, so they'll put a lot of pressure on State, and then they have a player in Shakira Austin who can face you up and, and get to the basket. I really feel like the only chance the State has to stay in this ball game and to make it a game, make it a game is to pack the paint. Ole Miss is not a great three-point shooting team. I think that they can make it a, 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 a good game if they – pack the paint, and keep Ole Miss out of it. Ole Miss is going to want to drive. They're going to want to shoot some mid-range jumpers. They're, they're not a great three-point shooting team. I feel like that's the state's best chance. And they're going to have to knock down some threes, too, which is something they couldn't do the first time they met. Yeah. They do have, like I said, a little bit more a little bit more depth right now, a little bit more, but it's not much. It's not much. But they are playing better, and we'll see what that leads to. I, I feel bad, like, Everybody's about like they deserved a big crowd. They do. It's three p.m. on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just not going to be a big crowd. It's just it's just not. But oh well. All right. Uh, back on Sunday afternoon, we'll recap what happens here uh, for the Ole Miss game. We'll recap what happens uh, uh, in Baton Rouge. We'll start talking a little bit more baseball. We'll have some football. You know, spring practice is going to be ramping up in about a month. Might be time to start some positional breakdowns there. Before we go, Super Bowl prediction. I'm going to go with the Bengals as, yeah. l- as much as I hate it. Oh, that's got a sting for you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I, th- I think that that offense is playing on a high level right now. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are just a connection from hell pretty much, especially for a Steelers fan. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I think they're going to come through. I'm with you. I think the Bur- Burrow is about to be on that same tier with Mahomes and those guys. And it, it, I, think, I think the next few years – Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be some wars in the AFC. Glad the Saints are in the NFC. They can stay, they can, you know, just get, stay out of that, that collateral damage, which is going to incur. Yeah, give me the Bengals uh, 28 24. So All, right. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy your Super Bowl parties, and we'll be back with you very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.